Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back. It is Wednesday, February the 8th, 2023. It's 7 a.m. here in Spotswood. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful sunrise, but maybe a cloudy kind of rainy day um, if the red sky at morning is any indication. But nevertheless, it is great to be with you this morning. I hope that everybody's week is going well and that you had a good Tuesday. I know that I had maybe one of the best Tuesdays of my life yesterday. It was really great. But anyway, um, I hope that everything is just speeding along well for you. If you uh, are at Old Providence, you missed the home Bible study last night. You missed a blessing. Um, we have church tonight, which will be at 645, right? And that's going to be prayer meeting and Bible study. And we're still looking at the sola right the the basis of what we believe the basis of the protestant reformation too but really who we are so that's tonight at 6 45 at old providence and we will finish promptly at 7 30 or earlier so only 45 minutes and it's an opportunity to pray together so uh if, if you're available i would love to see you there tonight now Let's get to the business of today. What we're doing, we're making our way through and we are almost done, right? Tomorrow, in fact, unless something blows up, I will be here and uh, Lord willing, and we will finish the gospel according to John. But we still have some business to attend to with the first part of chapter 21. Um, perhaps you recall yesterday, this is after Thomas, after doubting Thomas, right? We came across the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias or the Galilean Sea, right? Sea of Galilee. And you find this very interesting thing going on with Simon Peter. Many of the disciples are gathered there. And all of a sudden, Simon Peter looks up and says, I'm going to fish. Now, yesterday we talked about how, in my opinion, okay, it's my opinion. And if your opinion differs with my opinion, that's perfectly fine. One day we'll both find out, and that's fine too. But nevertheless, my opinion is that when Peter begins by saying, all right, guys, I'm, I'm going out to fish, right? That uh, this is not the same thing as saying, well, you know, I got I got time on my hands. He, he wouldn't have been wearing a wristwatch anyway. But nevertheless, this is not him saying, well, I got some time on my hands. I might as well throw out a lure or two, see what's biting, fellas, if you know what I mean. No. Um, Y'all, remember that, that Peter was a fisherman by trade. I think what he's doing here, and remember, this is, as of yet, the unrestored Peter, the Peter that ran away cowering in fear and guilt, after betraying Christ three times. I think when Peter says, I'm going to fish, I think this is much more about where he's at spiritually, emotionally. You might say, well, wait a second. He's seen the risen Lord. He's, the, the Holy Spirit has been breathed on him. Yes, but as of yet, he's still unrestored. Right. And I don't mean unrestored in terms of some theological thing or condition. What I mean is he is unrestored as in relationship is not right yet between he and the Lord. OK, so, again, that's my opinion. You may differ with that, but I think that's what's going on when he says I'm going to fish. And then the other one said, we will go with you. Now, where we left off yesterday was they were fishing. And the reason I say this is not casting out a lure is because, again, y'all, this clearly is not a leisure activity. 
It says at the end of verse three, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing early in the morning. Y'all, casual fishing is not, I'm going all night long. And I know there may be some fishermen addict out there, but realize this is a commercial fishing vessel, right? All of these things. So they catch nothing all night. And then they look and they see Jesus. He tells them to throw the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now, they did indeed. In fact, they were unable to haul in the net um, because of the large number of fish. And where we pick up is in verse 7 today. Let's pray and then we'll dig in. Father, please be with us now. Help us to understand what is happening with these people. Help us to understand the interaction with your son. Help us to ponder those things that we ought to ponder, to process what we ought to process and to live in light of it. Without your Holy Spirit, we won't do any of these things. So please guide us now. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So it's after someone has called out to them and you know, throw the net on the other side of the boat, all these different things. And they're unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Verse 7, then the disciple whom Jesus loved, which we know is John, and he's the one that's writing this. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. You know, this is one of those hard passages. Not hard to understand. We'll pause right here for a moment. It's not hard to understand. We get it, right? I mean, it's very clearly a narrative. It's, a, it's an account of what took place in time and space. But we have to ask. We have to consider, what was it that went through Peter's mind in this instance? You know, the water... The sea was also was always the great source of mystery with the disciples. And maybe you recall that we talked about this previously. I love the book of Mark for this reason, because Mark starts out, you know, just boom, out of the gate. Jesus is, is healing demon-possessed people. You know, he's making the lame walk, the blind see, all of this stuff. But it's when Jesus calmed the winds and the waves that the disciples stopped, and it says they were terrified. And looked at each other and said, who then is this that he calms the wind and the waves? Now, I know that Jesus didn't calm the wind and the waves there, but he said, take your net out of the water, throw it on the other side of the water. And then there's so many fish there, they couldn't even haul in the net, y'all. Maybe that's what came to Peter's mind. Maybe what came to Peter's mind is another instance that involved the water. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to Matthew 14 with me, right? Matthew chapter 14. For whatever reason, John doesn't include this. Uh, neither do Mark and Luke. This is unique to Matthew, at least this telling, right? So Matthew chapter 14, if you look at verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While, it's, while he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. 
When the disciples saw him walking on the lake or the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Is it this that came to Peter's mind? There, after John said, it is the Lord. Did it come to mind the time that Peter walked on water at the Lord's behest? And if it wasn't that, was it verse 30? But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Is that what came to mind? And did that come to mind in conjuncture with Peter's last significant interaction over the Lord? Because the last real interaction we have over the Lord prior to Peter witnessing the empty tomb. Well, what is that? It's Peter betraying our Lord three times. So as he stood up, and he didn't wait for the Lord to ask him this time. There in the boat after John said, it's the Lord. You know, the idea that we get is, you know, like that. Peter's up, he wraps his cloak around him. He jumps into the water as his feet broke the surface. I think if you'd ever walked on water, Probably every time you jumped in from there on out, you'd remember the time that it was solid. And yet this time it's not. As he's making his way to the Lord, is his mind going to that place of betrayal? And furthermore, y'all, he knows that the Lord knows. Remember, Jesus told him that he would betray him. Well, the answer is we just don't know. But we do know this. Peter went. You don't have Peter saying, well, we'll get there when we get there. You don't have Peter saying, all right, well, you guys go ahead and I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll take care of things here. No. You see, Peter, for all of his faults, really is not a guileful man. He's not a man that's full of guile saying one thing and meaning another. It's true. He and Judas, Judas both betrayed Jesus, but we know that Judas was a crook all along. With Peter, we just see a different man altogether. A man that sometimes says one thing and does another, admittedly. A man that's full of passion, but sometimes that passion is misplaced. This is the same Peter that said, you are the Christ. And then turn around and rebuke Jesus because Jesus said he was going to go be the Christ. And Jesus had to say to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but instead the things of men. This is Peter. But y'all, what we see from Peter there is a reminder to us. You know, there are lots of tricks that the devil plays on us. One of the greatest is that we are beyond forgiveness that we are beyond redemption, that we don't deserve redemption or forgiveness. 
And that last one is key because in that aspect, yeah, we, we don't deserve it. But that's what the love of God is. That's who God is. And I think that the reason Satan tries to convince us that we don't deserve love and forgiveness has much more to do with God than it has to do with us. Because remember, from the very start, the first thing we ever see Satan do is suggest that God isn't really who he said he is. Remember Eve? Uh, yay, you know, did God really say that you couldn't do this? Well, look, Eve, the reason God said this is because he knows if you eat this forbidden fruit, you're going to be just like him, and he doesn't want that. Believe you me, I know him. Obviously, that's the Patrick version, right? Fast forward and modern, modern day standard. I love the King James. Yay, hath God said. Did God really say and then Satan went on to impugn God's character. Let me tell you something. When you doubt that you deserve God's forgiveness, when you doubt that you are worthy of God's forgiveness, y'all, that's rooted in just a touch of truth because none of us deserve forgiveness. My, my beloved systematic professor, R.J. Gore, used to say, deserve, we deserve to be in hell with our backs broke. That's what we deserve but we're saved by the work of Jesus Christ. Our salvation is not free. It was bought at an extremely high price, the highest price ever paid. And so we're saved by the work of Christ, but the grace of God. And when Satan tries to convince you otherwise, or that you're unforgivable, what he's really doing is he's saying God isn't who he said he is. All these places in his word, when he tells you these things, when he delights in forgiving, when he denotes his love, Satan said, ah, it's not true. Maybe true for other people, it's not true for you. To call God a partial liar is the same thing as calling him a full liar. But again, Peter's mind doesn't go there. When it's cried out, it is the Lord, he takes off and oh, he's a running. And then he's a swimming. We find out in verse 8, the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. Now you say, oh, that's not that far. Well, you ever tried to swim 100 yards in the Sea of Galilee that we know is notoriously choppy and all sorts of things? Nevertheless, it's fascinating when they're running, John gets there first. When it comes to getting there by water, Peter swims there first. But nevertheless, Verse 9, when they landed, they saw a fire burning, co uh, burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. And again, in their minds, would it have gone to Jesus feeding with the loaves and fishes? How it was the multitudes, but now it's just them. I don't know. Verse 11, Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore that <clears throat> was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Now, pause. Why does it say 153? <clears throat> because remember the basis of this. In John chapter 19, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. John 19, 35, the man who saw it has asked him for forgiveness and you'll be forgiven, I guarantee you. Be like Peter in this instance, without guile, without pretense. Head to the Lord, and he will not disappoint. Tomorrow we'll finish up. Let's pray.
Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us. We pray that we would appreciate what your son has done. We pray that you would work in our minds as we have witnessed all of these things as a result of your word. Let us see that your son is trustworthy and true. Let us take you at your word that we are worth forgiveness because we're created in your image and you love us. Let us never fail to rush to your son and our savior. And I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we will be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I see Christine. Good morning. Uh, and there is Becky and the other Becky. And there's Elizabeth and Alice and Rose. And apparently I froze at some point. I'm, I've turned off comments while I'm actually doing this. So I was blissfully unaware. It's too distracting when I find out. Um, maybe it worked. Maybe it didn't. I'm at the point now where with this live stream, I'm, I'm giving it to the Lord. I don't know anything else I can do. Um, if it works, then that's wonderful. If it doesn't work, then he knows why. And I'm okay with that. But thank you all for your patience and for being here. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow morning at seven. Until then, have a great day.